many of you were here last week? Awesome, awesome. For those of you who missed it, we're going to fill you in a little bit, and then uh, we're going to pick up and go from there. How many of you were with us via Facebook? Okay, some of you uh, couldn't be here, but you got to hear the message on uh, Facebook or on our website, uh, which you can always do that. You can always go back on our church website, and the messages are available there. But um, we were talking last week about the uh, power of praying in the Spirit, and we were talking about how um, most people, when they talk about putting on the full armor of God, um, they think, and and we even... um, talked about last week about the fact that most teachers teach about the um, pieces of the armor of God as being six of them, but there's actually a seventh one. There's one that's missing, and and name of the message last week was what's missing. There's something missing uh, in our armor, and uh, we looked at the word, at the scriptures there, and we saw how You know, uh, Paul, when he instructs us to put on the armor of God, uh, the six pieces, and then and then he says, and always praying in the spirit. And so we uh, picked up on that because praying in the spirit is so powerful. We uh, actually talked about how praying in the spirit is a weapon of mass destruction to the enemy. And we looked, you know, in detail in, in uh, exactly what praying in the Spirit does. And we're going to continue to do that. And actually, I gave you guys a challenge. Uh, I gave you guys a 30-day challenge to praying in the Spirit for 30 minutes every day. And how many of you have taken that challenge and have started it? Okay. If you didn't get a chance to start it, you, it's never too late. Um, you know how, you know, at the beginning of the year, you know, we all get our uh, New Year's resolutions and, you know, we want to get in shape and we're going to be healthy and we're going to read the word and all of that. And usually by the January 6th or 7th, you know, we've, uh, you know, fallen off track and, you know, we're, we're back where we were December 31st. So um, I wanted to follow up with this message and continue to encourage you. If you are uh, connected with us on Facebook, I've been posting, uh, you know, every day some uh, encouraging uh, uh, words, you know, to keep you on track. Because we all need someone uh, that we can be accountable to, like a coach, you know. How many of you know that exercising is easier when you have a coach to help you out, to encourage you? And now you have those kind of coaches that beat you down, and we, we don't, we don't want to do that here at Christian Embassy. We want to encourage you and, and lift you up and, and help you up. So um, we would be on day seven today of our challenge of uh, praying in the Spirit. And so uh, if you've already fallen off track, get back on track. No big deal. Uh, you can get back in and... Um, you know, I had asked everybody to share with me what you're experiencing uh, on this challenge, and um, so I've gotten so so much feedback, which I really appreciate. And you know, one of the things, um, one of the feedbacks that I've received, you know, when I gave the challenge, um, some people were like, 30 minutes? I do that already. That's nothing," you know. And I was like, "Well, praise the Lord." 
um, you know, keep doing it, you know? And, and so, but then there were some people who were like, after two minutes, they're like, my mouth is dry, you know? <laughs> or, you know, just being real. And so, um, and, you know, because a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit and when we talk about praying in the Spirit, we think of, you know, oh, you know, we got to be super spiritual and, you know, it's all this supernatural. But it, the Holy Spirit is very practical, and he wants us to enjoy him. He wants us to enjoy being in his presence. He's not a burden. He's a joy. He lifts the burdens and he breaks the yokes. Amen. And so, um, you know, so it's okay. I mean, how are we going to know to help you if you're not being real to us, right? So we don't want you to, you know, tell us a fib and say, oh, yeah, praise God. I'm so spiritual. You know, I can go 30 minutes and, you know, it feels like 30 seconds. And, and um, if that's not the case, that doesn't make you any less spiritual. That just means that, you know, we need to build the resistance. It's kind of like, you know, people who are not used to exercising, you know, they get in the gym and after three to five minutes on that elliptical, how many of you have done the elliptical before? Okay. Um, I remember at one time I, I was like, okay, um, I, I got bored with the treadmill. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try this elliptical thing because, you know, they say it, it's, you know, more challenging. And so I'm like, okay, I can easily go on the treadmill, you know, 30 to 45 minutes. This thing is going to be easy. And so I get on there, and it was like two or three minutes later, I was like, what in the world? I, my legs were cramping, and it was no joke. And so, um, you know, and then I, would, I used to own a ladies' gym, and I would have these ladies coming in and get on the elliptical. Gayla is one of my uh, members from when I used to own the uh, ladies' gym. Wow, it's amazing how, you know, you impact people throughout the years, and th that's been a while um, let's see, Caleb is 11, and Caleb was a baby when I had the gym, so it was at least 10 years ago, but, you know, people like Gayla, you know, they can come in there and go for 30 minutes on the, on the elliptical and not even break a sweat. Well, I had to start with two minutes. I was like, after two minutes, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to walk out of here if I don't stop, and so, you know, but then I worked myself up, you know, three minutes, five minutes, you know, and before you knew it, I could do 10 I, I don't think I got beyond 10 minutes because that thing is really challenging. And so, um, but the same thing with praying in the Spirit. It is, you know, praying in the Spirit and the Holy Spirit is a gift, but it is also a weapon, right? We talked about how praying in the Spirit is a weapon against the enemy. And so we have to learn how to use the weapon. It's not... Um, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a trophy and something we said, oh, you know, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you know, back, you know, 10 years ago. And, you know, that's a trophy that, you know, we keep talking about and look at. No, it is a daily weapon that God has given to us to use to advance. Amen. And so um, a lot of times we aren't taught what I'm teaching tonight, we're not taught in, in church or, you know, we weren't taught in discipleship that, you know, once you receive the Holy Spirit, that's not the end. That's just the beginning, right? That's just the beginning of, you know, now we need to continue to pray in the, in the Spirit and using our heavenly language. And the more we do it, the easier it gets and the more exciting it is and the more benefits that we experience. Amen? 
Anybody agree with that? Now, if you're just starting, don't feel bad. It's okay. Hey, you're at least getting started, right? And so uh, that was one of the feedbacks that I had gotten was that, you know, after two minutes or five minutes, you know, uh, I just, you know, ran out of things to say or pray. And um, so, you know, the challenge is to keep pushing yourself every day to go a little bit longer. And before you know it, you know, it's going to get easier and easier and you're not even going to be thinking about it. And also the other practical thing that I shared was that, um, you know, it's easier to break it down, like maybe 10 minutes uh, in, in the morning, 10 minutes at noon, and then 10 minutes before you go to bed. Whatever works for you, just know that this, you know, praying in the Spirit and walking in the Spirit and, and uh, just being in God's presence, it's not supposed to be a burden, it's not supposed to be like punishment. You know, I have to do this or uh, just another thing to check off my list. It should be something that we feel so drawn to. Like we can't wait, you know, to, to get into that sweet spot, you know, where the Holy Spirit and us, we're one and, and we're just, you know, communing with the Father. It's, it's something that we should crave, that sh- we should desire. Now, the more we feed our flesh the less we're going to desire that, right? To, to um, you know, pray in the Spirit, it's not going to be as natural. So that's why we have to tell the flesh to be quiet, okay? When it comes our time to spend in God's presence, you know, your stomach is going to start growling and, you know, you're going to decide you're really hungry or you're thirsty or uh, you're sleepy or, you know, you're going to be thinking of all the other things that you have to do. We call those distractions, right? And so the more we say no to distractions, the easier it's going to get for us to stay focused when we come into God's presence. And eventually, we're not even going to think about it. We're just going to step right in and we're going to do business. Amen? Because that's what praying in the Spirit is doing supernatural business with the creator of the universe. It's a, it's a transaction where we give him our troubles, our worries, our burdens, and we exchange them for the joy of the Lord, for the peace of God that passes all understanding. Amen? And so the other thing that we looked at uh, last week was that since praying in the Spirit is a weapon of mass destruction to the enemy, um, we have looked at how the enemy, he always tries through lies and deception to come against what defeats him, right? Because we know that God has given us Jesus. He has taken all the power from the enemy when he defeated him on the cross And he has taken all the power and all the authority. And what did he do with it? Did he take it to heaven? He gave it to us. Jesus says, I give you all authority. I give you all power over some of the power of the enemy. Over all the power of the enemy. So who has all the power? We do as the church, as the body of Christ. We have all the power. And how much power does the enemy have? No power. Now, the enemy wants the power, but the only way he can get any power is that we hand it to him. We give it to him. And so the enemy knows he can't just walk up to you or, you know, speak to you through thoughts and you say, okay, 
You want my authority? You want my power? Here it is. He knows you're not going to do that. So he has learned through weapons of mass deception to come in and to steal. He's a thief. He's a thief. He's a liar. And he's the accuser of the brethren. If you know how he operates, then when you see the activity, then you're going to be able to identify this is the enemy doing this. So we, we looked at his weapons of mass deception, and he deceives us, in, and he steals our power. Yes, we give it to him, but it's through deception, right? And so we looked at, um, you know, some of the lies that the enemy, we, we have to identify the lies of the enemy that he's speaking to us in order for us to say no and to close the door. And so we um, looked at the fact that, you know, one of the lies that the church has believed um, is that the Holy Spirit is not for today, that the Holy Spirit, you know, is for the apostles, and, you know, that's gone, that era is gone, and, and now we don't need it. And um, that is a lie of the enemy. We, um, the Holy Spirit is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the Holy Spirit is for today. Um, we also talked about the lie that the Holy Spirit is not for everyone. And um, we were talking about how in, in the upper room, when the disciples were all together, did only a few of the disciples get the, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in another language? No, it was all of them. So that shows us an example, an image that God's has the Holy Spirit for everyone. So it's for all of us. And so there were a few others, but um, I'm not going to get into those. You can go and listen to the message. Um, today, uh, tonight, what I want us to do is look at some of the benefits of praying in the Spirit. Because, you know, as a result of taking on this challenge, um, I have asked you to share with me some of the benefits that you are experiencing because when you realize, wow, there's benefits to this, you're going to be motivated, amen, to, to keep doing it. And like I said, the Holy Spirit is practical. So, you know, so many times we think, well, you know, I just want to pray in the Spirit because, you know, I love Jesus and I love God. That's great. But guess what? There's also benefits for uh, praying in the Spirit. And it's so important I shared last week how we are wired for power. We, we are created, and there is power. There's electricity going on in our bodies right now. That's why when they do an EKG on your heart, they measure the electrical uh, uh, power operating in your heart. So your heart is beating tonight because there is power uh, there is energy going on in your body. And so, but the power, you know, we talked about how the, um, our phones, you know, if we don't plug up our phones, we're going to have a dead phone. And so thankfully we don't have to get plugged into an electrical outlet to be filled. There's a different kind of power that God has made available to us. And it's the Holy Spirit power. And he said, you get plugged into my power you are going to be able to do amazing things. And so um, we talked last week about the fact that the praying in the Spirit is a weapon against the work of the enemy. And um, I want us to look tonight at Mark uh, chapter uh, 16. 
Mark 16, 15 through 18 is just one of the scriptures we're going to look at. Um, and this is Jesus um, speaking to the disciples, and he told them, um, he says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. Now, I want us to look at the first part of this, where Jesus told his disciples, and we are his disciples, so it's, it's for us to today. Um, Jesus didn't make a suggestion, okay? He told them. He, he commanded, yes. It's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. It's, it's uh, a, a, a very important that we do this, and he has commanded us to go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. And then we see that as a result of uh, us obeying the command to go into all the world, that we are going to experience miraculous signs and um, we're going to cast out demons and all of those things. And we even see when uh, the disciples were trying to cast out demons and they couldn't do it, you know. And they, they were asking Jesus, Jesus, you know, teach us how to do these miracles that you do. I mean, can you imagine being with Jesus and, um, you know, you see Jesus casting out demons. You see him healing the lepers. You see him healing the uh, sick and, and, and raising the dead. And the disciples are like, teach us the secret. What is the secret to you doing all of these? So instead of Jesus saying, okay, well, let me teach you how to do this, how to do the miracles, he said, I'm going to teach you how to pray. Isn't that what Jesus said? I'm going to teach you how to pray because right there is the answer of how we are going to destroy the works of the enemy and how we're going to operate in the supernatural is in prayer. Is through prayer. Prayer is the battleground where victories are won. And so pr- that's why we have to not just pray a religious prayer. You know, that's one thing, you know, when, when we taught our kids when they were little how to pray over their food, you know, different people pray different prayers. God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for the, our food. Or, you know, uh, you may have taught your kids, you know, the Lord's prayer, whatever it is. After a while, the Lord's Prayer, that's, that's the prayer that we taught our children. But after a while, that prayer, they, our kids weren't even thinking about it. It just became mechanical. So we said, okay, let's switch it up a little bit. Can you start talking to God, just sharing with God what's on your heart? Just talk to him like he is sitting right here, you know, with us at the table. And so we had to get them out and, and teach them how to get out of that routine okay, that mechanical praying and to how to get them into understanding that this is a real person we talk to, and he's listening, and, and that it's a conversation, amen? And so, same thing in our prayer life, you know, God wants us to understand that when we decree something, when we decree a thing, it shall be, and so Jesus just gave us the Lord's Prayer just as a, an example of how we should pray, right? But we realize that the Word of God is our weapon, right? It's the, it's the, it's the sword. And so we pray the Word 
we are going to be victorious. Amen? And then praying in the Spirit. So that uh, praying the Word is so awesome. You know, I've gotten to the place where like, you know what, Lord, your Word works, okay? So I'm going to work your Word. And so I've learned to um, memorize the Word so that way I'm ready to pray the Word whenever I, I need whatever I need. Amen? And so I encourage you to do that. But then there's times when you just run out of things to pray, and so you just pray in the Spirit because uh, praying in the Spirit allows us to speak directly to God. That's the second benefit of, of praying in the Spirit if you're taking notes. Uh, praying in the Spirit is a weapon against the work of the enemy. That is the number one uh, benefit. Number two, praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit allows us to speak directly to God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.2 says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it, it will all be mysterious. So when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying God's will. And we're praying directly to Him. There's no demonic interference. You know, nobody can hear us. No other demonic spirits can, can hear what we're praying. We're praying directly to God. We're praying the mind of Christ. We're praying God's will. And it allows our own intellect to get out of the way. So our spirit can commune to the Father. Because sometimes, you know, we can limit our prayer lives. Sometimes, you know, we can pray whatever we want God to do. But how about if we say, God, not my will, but your will be done. And so we switch into that prayer in the spirit where it's we're dec declaring and decreeing God's will for our lives. Because how many of you know that God's will for our lives is better than anything that we can ever plan or think or imagine? Amen? And so we want what God wants. We you know, if, you, if we are a people who walk in the Spirit, we know that God's plans are higher than our plans. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. And so we want to tap into that. We want to tap into His knowledge, into His will. And that's what praying in the Spirit does. Now, if that isn't amazing, I don't know what it is. It's like, wow, God, you've given us a direct connection to you. And so we can do that. We cut off all the other uh, distra uh, distractions. And it even says that when we pray in the Spirit, they've done medical uh, studies on this. Uh, they've done MRIs on people, you know, when they were speaking in English and then when they were uh, praying in the Spirit. And they said that a, a whole different side of the brain uh, that does not control language lights up. And that's how they know that it's not something that we out of our own intellect and knowledge pray, it's something, it's, it's a supernatural thing. And so when you realize that, it's like, wow, this is something that I need. This is something that I want. Amen? Uh, the next benefit of praying in the Spirit, it keeps us in tune with the Holy Spirit. It keeps us in tune with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Acts uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So we know that this is not something that we come up with. 
Okay, this is something that Holy Spirit, without you, I can't do this, right? So it really makes us dependent on the Holy Spirit to where it's like, Holy Spirit, I need your assistance. So um, it, it's really a, an awesome way to live. Um, number four, praying in the Spirit strengthens our spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.4, a person who speaks, speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. So when we pray in tongues, when we pray in the Spirit, we are strengthened. We become encouraged. We become stronger as a result, and it builds us up spiritually and it helps us live a spirit-led life. Amen? We want to be living a life that's led by the Holy Spirit, not the flesh. Amen? Because we want to produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, so we are, uh, let's go to, um, I know I've, I kind of got off track on my notes um, for our guys upstairs. Let's go back to um, praying in the Spirit produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, that's, that would be number four on your notes or five? F number five on your notes, number two on my notes. Um, anyway, praying in the Spirit produces the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that is, as I have asked uh, you guys who are taking this challenge, what are some things that you are experiencing? Uh, and I didn't even teach on the fruit of the Spirit or anything. I just wanted you to tell me not something that, okay, it's in the Word, so therefore I have to experience this. No, I wanted you to genuinely tell me what are you feeling? What are you experiencing as you're praying in the Spirit? And this is, uh, these are some of the things that I got. Some people said that they experienced the love of God, that they felt really close to the Lord. Um, they experienced joy, uh, that they just, you know, just experienced uh, joy. Um, peace. They said that there was a peace that came over them, that they were struggling with some uh, stressors and fears in their lives. But when they started praying in the Spirit, it was like that fear left, left them. And they started experiencing the peace of God. Um, some of them said that uh, they, they felt um, encouragement, which we talked about that, being strengthened in the Holy Spirit. Um, and what are some other things that you guys experienced that we haven't mentioned? Clarity. Some people, if they are seeking the Lord for an answer on something that maybe they are confused on or they, they need... Uh, clarity on, that is something that you will experience in God's presence. You will experience clarity as you pray and you ask the Holy Spirit to give you that. He is the, the spirit of wisdom. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom. He's the spirit of knowledge. He knows all things. And so if we're ever confused, all we need to do is come in prayer. And you know, if you could just be saying, Lord, I'm confused. And then you don't know what else to pray because if you pray, you get even more confused, right? And, but then you start praying in the Spirit and then that clarity will come 
because that's who the Holy Spirit is. And when we invite the Holy Spirit in our situation, there have been things. And, you know, I always, when I teach, I always like, especially on the Holy Spirit, I always like to um, let you guys know that he is so practical. There have been times when, you know, I misplaced my phone or my keys and, you know, I was, you know, like really pressed for time or, or, you know, I really needed to find them. And I would ask the Holy Spirit. Now you're saying, oh, the Holy Spirit, he doesn't care about your keys or your phone or whatever, you know, you're missing, you're missing. If it concerns you, it concerns him because he is our helper. He's our helper. Did you know that one of the characteristics of the Holy Spirit is that he is our helper? And yes, he's our helper to help us cast out demons and do the miracles and the miracles and the wonders. Amen. That is. But he also wants us to know him as a friend, as, as someone that's there when you need him. And if you have a friend and you need help and you ask a friend to come and help you, if, if he or she is a good friend, they'll come and help you. And so the Holy Spirit wants to reveal himself to us as that friend who cares even about the little details, the little things in our lives. Amen? So don't try to do life on your own. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. You know, if you need patience in traffic, you know, on your way to work, just pray in the Spirit. Hey, say, hey, Holy Spirit, this is a great opportunity for us to just, you know, take off and, and let's just do business. Let's, let's do some heavenly transactions. Amen? Let heaven, let everything that's in heaven come into my life instead of allowing the anger and the rage and the impatience and, you know, all the stuff that we can experience in situations like that. Isn't that like a whole different perspective in life? It's like when things don't work out the way we plan them, how about we invite the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, let's just make the best of this situation. And I tell you what, life becomes easy because that's what the Holy Spirit is for. It's, he wants to come and make it easy for us so we can, so we don't drain our power and our energy on the things that don't matter. You know, the Bible, one of my favorite scriptures is that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And so that means all things means even the bad things. Okay, there's bad things that come up. There's things that, you know, we don't plan and they come up. And I say, Lord, I thank you that even this thing, even this thing is going to work out for my good. Oh, because all things, he didn't say just all good things. All things work together. And I also say what the enemy meant for evil, my God is going to turn for my good. Amen. And because sometimes the enemy will try to come and throw things, you know, in our way. And I always say, devil, you're going to be sorry that you mess with me. You're going to pay me back for my time, for whatever loss, you know, if it's money, time, uh, relationships, whatever it is. I always say, devil, you're going to have to pay me back. Double for my trouble. I ask for sevenfold. Sister, I mean, you know, double is good, but I say, you know, for my headache, you know, you're going to pay me back. And then we have to understand that 
That's how we operate in the power of God. Because I think the reason that the church in America has gotten away from this amazing uh, weapon of, that we have been given in the Holy Spirit is because we've made the Holy Spirit so spiritual that, you know, you've seen people who are like so filled with the Holy Spirit and so spiritual that they were no earthly good. And I'm here to bring a balance and to say, you know what? The Holy Spirit, yes, he can take us to heaven and we can feel like, oh, we're just floating and, you know, we're not even touching the ground. Life is so wonderful. But guess what? We have to come down to earth and we have to do business. We have to take authority and we have to take dominion and we have to advance God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Come on, we can't just go to heaven and then check out our brains and we're, you know, people laugh at us because, you know, we're crazy holy rollers. Okay, we have to come back down to earth and we have to show people how this amazing power of the Holy Spirit is so practical and it meets every need that we have. Whether it's sickness, whether it's disease, whether it's addiction, whether it's a missing cell phone or keys or raising children. You know, I shared with you last week how raising kids, you know, it, it comes with a manual, it comes with the Bible, but, you know, that's, you need the Holy Spirit to help you raise your kids. And so the Holy Spirit knows how to raise kids. He can help you because he has the wisdom. Amen. Um, you know, if, if you are starting a business or, you know, on your job, you need a promotion, the Holy Spirit will show you, he will guide you into all things, into all truth. And so that's so amazing. And that's what we need to do is we need to be practical that when people say, wow, this person has power when they pray. I mean, I'm told that all the time. You know, when Pastor Rodika prays, things happen. And, you know, people say, I want to get close to you, you know, when you pray because I know things happen. Well, that's just not for, for me. That's for everybody. It's, it's for everybody. And so the more we do this, the more we exercise this gift that we've been given It's not for us to shelf it away. It's to use it every day. The sharper we become and the easier it is. The easier. You know, I hear people say, well, you know, I asked the Holy Spirit, you know, to, to help me on this situation and I didn't hear anything. Well, what does the Bible say? The Bible say, keep asking. Keep asking. Don't, don't give up. Keep knocking. Keep asking, and you, you will receive the answer, and keep knocking until, and hang out with people who know how to pray. Come on now, if you hang around a bunch of dead people who haven't been charged with the power of God, you need to get around people who have the power and say, you know, let's charge together. Let's get charged together. Have you ever been around people who just drain the power out of you? Drain the energy? They drain the life out of you? Well, there's people who can bring life into you, who can bring the power of God into you. You know, there are certain people that I can, Pastor Tim being one of them, um, 
that I can listen to preaching and I get charged. I get filled. Have you ever been in a church where you listen to the preacher and you were so tired, you were so bored, you were so drained by the time you left that service that you're, you're like, you know, that was a waste of time. You want to be in a church where you come and you get charged and you're so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that you feel like you can go and conquer whatever the enemy tries to throw your way, that you know you're more than an overcomer, that you are victorious and all things are possible. Amen? And so you want to be in a church that's spirit-filled. Amen? I mean, we, we've bought this lie that, you know, we want to be seeker-friendly and we'll put the Holy Spirit back on a shelf. You know, we don't want anybody to see the Holy Spirit, you know, when they come. And, and we're just going to reflect the culture. We're just going to be just like the world so we can attract the world. No, honey, that's not how it's done. That's not how we're going to win people to Jesus. True, true conversion, true salvation. They, uh, they did an interview with Billy Graham, and they were saying how only like two people, two out of ten people who got saved in his crusades are still serving the Lord today. The percentage is so low, and he was saying, Billy Graham was saying that if he had to do it all over again, he would have spent more time discipling people. Because having that one-time encounter is not enough. It's good, but it's not enough. And it's the same thing with the Holy Spirit. Having that one experience with the Holy Spirit is not enough. What's going to give us the perseverance How many of you know that serving the Lord and living a Christian life is a marathon? It's a, it's a, we're in it for the long haul. Amen? It's not a sprint. It's not something that we do, woo, we get a little high. And, you know, God has called us to be in it for the, we're in it, God. We're in it. You know, when we are fully devoted and committed to God, That's another thing that we need in America. We need people who are people, a covenant people. We need to be in covenant with God. We need to be in covenant with our spouses. We need to be in covenant with our children. We need to be committed to each other in the church. We need that, you know, because when we are in it 100%, we're going to get back 100%. But if we're going to say, God, I'm just going to serve you, you know, on Sunday and, you know, now uh, they're saying, you know, with, with the millennials and, you know, the younger generation, they're saying that the average young family attends church once a month. And that's people who call themselves Christian. Once a month. It used to be that, you know, at least people would, you know, come and get charged and, and be in God's presence with God's people every Sunday. Now, if they do it once a month, that, to them, that's good. We need a revival. We need a revival in America, and we don't want a revival that, you know, we, we guilt people into coming to Jesus, to where people are going to run over us to get to Jesus. Do you know what I'm talking about? And we cannot do it by reflecting the culture, by saying, you know, we're going to be seeker-friendly. We're going to do it. You know, the culture should reflect the church instead of the church reflecting the culture. 
Amen? The culture, the world should be coming to us and saying, what are you guys doing that cancer is being healed? When you guys pray, cancer dies. That, you know, the doctors and the hospitals, you know, they come to us and say, how do you guys do this? Instead of the church going and being at the mercy of, of, of the world. Of, of, you know, it's limited. You know, we have doctors in our church and we love them. We appreciate all they do. But they will even admit that what they know and what they can do is only limited. They're only limited. But with God's power, we have unlimited access and resources into the power of God. And when we look into heaven, because I said the, the purpose of praying in the spirit is to, yes, go into the heavenlies and to bring down what's in heaven. Bring it down right here. Because we're not going to need it in heaven. When we go to heaven, it's heaven. There's not going to be sickness. There's not going to be uh, poverty in heaven. There's not going to be addiction in heaven. So, so we don't need all of that for heaven. The, the Holy Spirit, we need the Holy Spirit for here and now. And so when we go and we pray in the Spirit, we are given the secrets of God, the, the answers Amen. To the questions that the world has, we're given the power and the authority over demonic powers. And when we come down, the devil has to go. Whether it's in your body, whether it's in your family. Come on now. I, I want you to know who you are in Christ because that's where it starts. That's where it starts. You are a child of God and you are an heir. You are an heir to the kingdom. Do you understand that Jesus has already died and he's paid the price and has made us righteous. He's made us worthy. He's made us, he's given us access. And as an heir, Jesus already died. You cannot inherit something until the person who is leaving an inheritance dies, right? Jesus has already died and he has made us heirs. But we have to grow up because we cannot inherit until we are mature. And this is part walking in the spirit and praying in the spirit and, and living in the spirit is what grows us up. It matures us because we're no longer living according to the desires of the flesh, but we are living according to the desires of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of God. And his desires are amazing, and his desires will satisfy us, and we, they are fulfilling. Amen? And it, we're going to be able to, you know, all the challenges that we encounter, they're going to seem small. With the Holy Spirit in us, they're going to be like mountains. Get out of the way. We're going to step right over that mountain. Amen? We're, we're going to speak to that mountain, and that mountain has to go because there's power. There's power in the authority that God has given to us, and we must rise up as warriors in the kingdom of God, putting on the full armor, but also praying in the spirit. The power comes through our mouth, through our tongue. You can be all dressed up, but if you stand there and say nothing, guess what? Nothing's going to happen. We have to say something. We have to speak forth 
Amen? The Word of God, and then praying in the Spirit. And so the fruit that comes as a result of us living in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and just allowing that power of God to flow through us, we have to activate it. You know, you have people who say, well, I received the Holy Spirit when I got saved, and I have the Holy Spirit. Yes, you do. But the expression of the Holy Spirit is when we speak the heavenly language. This is, do you understand? I mentioned last week that I, I'm, I speak at least two languages. I used to speak three or four. And I've always been fascinated with languages. And it only makes sense to me that every country and every kingdom has their own language. It only makes sense to me that the kingdom of God should have a language. Don't you think? I mean, to me, it's like, okay, every, every country and every kingdom has their own language and their own culture. Why shouldn't the kingdom of God? And why shouldn't we want, the Bible says we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God, right? As his children, we are ambassadors. We represent a heavenly kingdom, a heavenly country. Amen? And so that heavenly kingdom has a language. It has a culture. It behaves a certain way. And we get to experience that when we release that Holy Spirit that's in us. The Bible says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. You know, people who have the Holy Spirit, I've even heard people who say, you know, I, you know, I was really caught up in the Spirit and, you know, I, I started feeling like, you know, I was going to say things I didn't know what they meant, but I stopped it because I'm scared. There's no reason to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. There is no reason. Release it. We have to release it. So it's the expression of the Holy Spirit, and that's why it's so powerful, and that's why the enemy tries to mute us and get us to not speak it. Amen? But we're going to change that. So the fruit of the Spirit, it says in Galatians 5, and 23, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now, that right there, you get that in your life, you're all set. You're all set. The enemy has no means of messing with you if you operate in this. If you're going to say, you know what, no matter what, I'm going to operate in love. No matter what, the joy of the Lord is my strength. No matter what, the peace of God that passes all understanding, I'm going to tap into that peace. No matter what my checkbook says, no matter what my boss says, no matter what my kids do, amen? And so that's why I'm challenging you guys to the 30-day challenge of praying in the Spirit for 30 days because, for 30 minutes, because we must produce this fruit in our lives. This is the foundation, and we're going somewhere. This is not even the end of this. You guys, I mean, we're going deep. We're, we're, we're stirring up, what's that song says? We're stirring up deep, deep wells. 
come on now, we're, you know, one of the things when, in, in uh, Bible times, when um, the enemy would go into a region, um, they would go and, you know, take the spoil, you know, uh, from the people there. And before leaving, taking everything, before leaving, they would uh, take rocks and um, fill up their wells. So they no longer had a source of water. And that's what the enemy does spiritually. What he does, God has given us wells. Isn't that what it says? That out of our bellies shall flow rivers of living water. God has given us those rivers, those wells, one of them being the baptism with the Holy Spirit and praying in the Spirit. And what the enemy wants to do is to throw those rocks and that trash in there to stop that river from flowing, to stop the source of life, which is water, right? That, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's an amazing spiritual picture. And God is saying, I want you to clean up the wells because I have fresh living water. I have a river that I, it, it, it's been dammed up in my people. Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel like, God, there's something in me that, you know, it, it, I wanted to come forth, but it's just, you know, there's, there's a stoppage in there. There's something that's hindering it. Let's, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to show us what are those things that the enemy has placed in our well. What's in your well? Is it a lie of the enemy? Is it a deception that you didn't even realize and now you're, wow, your eyes are being open? Is it fear? Is it unforgiveness? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? What is it? Identify it and say, God, help me remove anything that the enemy has thrown in to dry me up. Because being a dry Christian is no fun. It's no fun. We want, God wants us to have fun. You know, that's one thing I always say. God wants us to live a life filled with joy. And if you're dry, if you're dead, there's not much joy in there. But God is saying, I'm calling my church to allow the Holy Spirit to restore and reestablish the life-giving, the miracle-giving power. Amen? That not only are God's going to begin with us. We're, the next thing that we're going to go to, I want you to keep praying in the Spirit until these, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you're experiencing it. Now, have you ever prayed in the Spirit and you experienced, let's say, you experienced peace over a situation and you got the breakthrough. You're like, that's it, devil, you're not going to mess with me in, in this area. Well, has it happened that like next week or even the next day, that, that uh, uh, worry or that stress came right back. Now, all you need to do is just go back and do what worked the first time, right? 
You just pray in the Spirit. That's why praying in the Spirit every day is so important. Don't wait until you have a problem to go and pray in the Spirit because guess what? You're not going to be conditioned for it. Don't wait until you have a mountain that you're staring at to pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit all the times. Isn't that, you know, we just wait to go to battle when the enemy is right in front of us. You know, I, I talk about, you know, we go um, and we practice shooting, you know, target practice. And, and, you know, we, my husband said, you know, I want you to be able to defend yourself, you know. And what if he said, you know what, if, if a thief ever tries to break into our house, you know, there's the gun and use it. I wouldn't know what to do with it. I'd be like, what in the world, you know. And, but my husband said, we're going to go to the, uh, you know, in the woods is where we go, and, and we go out in the country, and we set a target, and we start practicing. That's what spiritual warfare is. You can't just use your weapon when the thief is already in your house, or try, is at your back door trying to break in. You have to practice Praying in the Spirit before the enemy is in front of you. Amen? And if, guess what? If people know that I have a gun and I've made it public on social media that I know how to shoot my gun, do you think those people are going to mess with me? Do you think they're going to try to break into my house? No. Okay. If the enemy sees you practicing, praying in the Spirit every day, he's going to leave you alone. Because he's like, I'm not going to mess with that guy or with that gal. I'm just not going to mess with them because they know who they are in Christ and they know how to put me on the flight. Right? They know. And so not only is it for us, it's for the powers and the principalities to see and know, hey, you don't mess. You don't mess with this girl right here because I know my weapons. I practice my weapons. I know how to pray in the spirit. I love to pray in the spirit. Amen. That, that's what, you know, I rub it in the enemy's face. I love, make me pray in the spirit. Mess with me and you're going to pay me back. Now, how many times do we feel like, oh, don't talk bad about the devil. Oh, don't make, me, don't make him mad. You know, don't talk like that. You know, that, that's not someone who knows who they are. That's not somebody who knows what their ammunition and their power is. But tonight, you know, you have the weapon. Whether you're going to go and practice with it and get good at it, that's up to you. I can't do it for you. Amen? You can come and you can say, Pastor, I, I need some encouragement. Get me going. Show me how to shoot this gun. Okay? Get me going here. And then, you know, I'll go and I'll, I'll defeat the enemy on my own. We, we cannot wait to defeat the enemy just when we come to church. It's good that we're here and we can help equip you, train you, show you how to do it. 
But if you want to live a joyful, victorious, powerful life in the Spirit, once I show you how to do it, go do it. Go do it. Don't say, oh, I'll come back next Wednesday, and she's going to show me again, and I'll do it for a few minutes, and then do it every day. Amen? Will you take this challenge? Are, are you all ready? If you fell off the wagon, are you re- ready to get back on? If you haven't started, are you ready to join us on this challenge? Amen? It's exciting. We're the, there is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and then there is the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And oh my goodness, I'd, I want us to get the fruit of the Spirit first, though. Have you ever seen people operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and not have the fruit of the Spirit? We're not going to have that. Amen? Because we know once God gives us the gifts of the Spirit, when God gives us a gift, He, he doesn't take it back. They're without repentance. But we must experience the fruit of the Spirit in our lives so then when the gifts come, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever seen somebody prophesy and then the next day they're mean as a snake? That's not right. That's not right. We have to lay a solid foundation of our walking in the Spirit. So then when the gifts, when we operate in the gifts, we have the power and the authority. Amen? That, that can back up what God has said. I mean, it's awesome. It's exciting. And that's where we're going. I want you to continue to share with me what God is doing in your life uh, as you're taking on this challenge, what God is speaking to you. Um, and let's encourage each other. Amen? Let's, let's dig these wells. And I am praying that we will start something. Amen? How many of you agree that our nation is in dire need of a revival. We need a revival of the Holy Spirit. And we want it to start with us. This is where it starts. Amen? And it starts in our prayer closets. It starts in our cars, wherever you pray, you know? Lock yourself away and say, God, this is just you and me. I want to receive the power. That's why the disciples had to go in the upper room. And be filled with power. They couldn't go and do all that God called them to do in themselves. And I believe that God is saying, will you go in the upper room and be filled with power? We need another Holy Spirit outpouring. Amen. So that we can go and make a difference in our nation, in our world. People need Jesus. And we're not getting, society is not getting closer to him. They're getting further. And I usually like to share good news. But the reality, the reality is that people are getting further and further from the Lord. And we are the church. If any change is to take place, it doesn't start in the government. It doesn't start in the White House. It starts in God's house. Change happens here on our knees in prayer. 
Let's all unite together. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Let's all unite in prayer and say, God, give us your heartbeat. As we stand together, let's just pray. God, give us, give us your heart. Give us, Lord, a revelation of what you desire for us, Lord, individually, as families, as a church. Lord, that we can be the change that our world needs. Lord, we answer to your call as you're calling us in the upper room to wait and to be filled with power. Fill us, Lord, afresh and anew with your power. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We do not quench you. We do not grieve you, Holy Spirit. We desire you. We want you. We can't live without you. We cannot do the assignment that you have called us to do without your power and your anointing. So, Lord, we invite you. Holy Spirit, come afresh and anew. And fill us. Fill us tonight. Lord, fill us tomorrow. Fill us, Lord. For the rest of this week, Lord, that when we come into your house on Sunday morning, we're not going to be so drained that we're going to drain our worship team. We're going to drain our pastor. Lord, that we're going to be so full, but that, Lord, the power and the overflow, Lord, it's going to go to everyone who needs it. Lord, we thank you tonight that you have made that power available. It's ours. So, Lord, tonight we plug in to that power. We tap in to your power, to your anointing. And we say, Lord, not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit, says the Lord. It's by your Spirit that we want to live, to breathe, to do what you have called us to do, Lord. Not by might, nor by power, but by your Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead the way. Show us. Teach us. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge. Give us understanding. Give us foreknowledge. Give us discernment. We receive it tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise tonight.